Welcome to Ready to March, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to Ready to Mosh. It's episode 27. Yeah, the magic number. Why is it a magic number? Don't know. Right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why, 20, why would 27 be a magic number? Well, it's the legend of 27, isn't it? But hopefully we won't die after episode 27. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, I get you now. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, it's 27 and just about over the corona. Yes, just about gone. We are both negative now. Both negative. I'm still feeling the... The pains, the coughs and the sneezes, but yeah, yeah testing negative. Yeah, I'm pretty much over, but still getting my morning headache, which I'm getting bored of now, but anyway. Okay, let's kick off with the news. Okay, I've got a fuck-ton, for want of a better word, of tour <laughs> announcements. Is fuck-ton one word or two words, or is it one word hyphenated? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should do a poll, see what people think. Yeah. Yeah, so it's mainly tour announcements that I've got and other live event happenings kind of thing. Okay. I'll just blast through all of mine first, shall I? Go for it. First one then, one that's already been and gone, the When We Were Young Festival actually happened in Vegas. If you remember when it all got announced earlier this year, a lot of people were like, oh, it's a scam, this is too good to be true, it's never going to happen, blah, 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 it's another fire fest. Yeah, didn't they cancel the first day? Though? They did cancel the first day because it was windy. Yeah. I mean, how strong was that wind? Because download was windy. Yeah, I've seen videos of people there and there's nothing happening like that. Well, interestingly, I did actually watch the TPDTV vlog this afternoon of it because I was curious. I was like, oh, what happened then? It's not really... When we looked at the lineup, it wasn't really for us, was it? It's more emo, which we're not really into. But So we've not paid a lot of attention yeah. to it. But out of curiosity, I thought I'll watch their vlog. And they did say at the start, because they were supposed to be there on the first day that was cancelled, they got in on the next day instead. They're like, oh, it looks a lot more set up now than it did yesterday. I wonder if that was actually the reason. So Yeah, they were behind on schedule. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay. Um, but yeah, just a couple of things I noted from the vlog, actually. It looked like a really good setup in that they got two side-by-side stages. So literally one band finished, another oh, one very started. Much like the pilot. That kind of thing, like Ozfest's done. So when we were looking through, going, how many? Of those, how can all those bands possibly play? Yeah. They're obviously very limited time between. There's no gaps. Very strict timelines. Yeah. Bash bash through. One of the negatives I did spot was obviously the prices of drinks, which I saw in their Coachella vlog as well. Okay. Like hideous, like 160 pound for a round of drinks. How many fucking drinks are you buying for? I think it was eight or something. What? I know. And then you slap a tip on top because it's America. So. They can fuck right off. Yeah. So obviously very much put off by that. If Whether it's just a Vegas thing or whether it's the same at all festivals in the US, I don't know. Another positive was the fact that it was on the Vegas showgrounds, which are, is just a permanent set up for a festival. So you've got things like proper toilets and that kind of thing. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know that. But apparently there were plenty of toilets, but there were few and far between quite spread out. So that was a yeah. downside. So, Yeah. Positives and negatives, I think, from the experience, but it was just interesting to watch to see what what it was like. Mm-hmm. Moving on, then I'll go with another festival one next. So, Stone Dead News. Yes. Yes. Firstly, their opening polls, which is the polls that they have for new bands to come through and be voted on to be the opening act on the Saturday. 
the first round of that was on the 30th of October open. So by the time this goes out, you'll be able to go in and vote. There's five heats, so one a week for the next five weeks. Can't remember off the top of my head how the voting worked last year, but it'll be on their Facebook group page. We did spot Anchor Lane, who were our recommendation last week. They're there in Heat 5, so we'll be giving them a vote. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm actually really surprised that they're in the polls to play. I thought they could just play. Yeah, same, actually. They've got such a good following, and I'm genuinely Mm. surprised by that. Yeah, same. But, yeah, there's loads of bands in there. They were the only ones when I glanced through every Heat that I'd actually heard of. Yeah. But definitely be checking a few out over the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. And then, in addition to that, Stone Dead are announcing their first lineup announcement. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. saying tomorrow, because this will be Friday. Today is Thursday. But we need to get this recorded now. So we'll talk about what they announce next week, probably now. Yeah, we will, yeah. But yeah, very much looking forward to who's going to be announcing. They keep dropping kind of little clues, but I've not picked anything up from who okay, it could I'll be. Look. I've not seen so, that yet. Yeah, that's exciting. Because we love a festival announcement, mm-hmm. if we're going. Yeah, we love a festival announcement. Right, tour-wise then... Like I said, there's been quite a lot announced over the last week or so. First big one was the Def Leppard Motley Crew double act tour in May and July, I think the UK dates are. So they're kicking off in Sheffield at Bramall Lane. That's the opening date for the whole of Europe. Then they're toddling off in different places, coming back to the UK in July. Yeah. So it's double headlining Motley Crew, Def Leppard. They're not bringing Poison with them, as they did on the US tour. Poison have confirmed they're not touring outside the US. Okay. Next year, Joan Jett, I would have thought if she was going to be there, it would have been mentioned already. It would have been mentioned, yeah. So tickets that are already on sale, still debating whether to go to that one or not. Mm -hmm. Adding on to that, Mick Mars has just announced, interestingly, after tickets first went on pre-sale, that he's retiring from touring with Motley Crue. So he's still officially a member of the band, but he is no longer going to be able to tour and perform live due to the... Bear with me while I pronounce this one. This is going to be good. Hang on, let me strap myself in. Rude. Ankylosing spondylitis mm-hmm. that he's had since childhood. Yeah, it's a curvature of the back, isn't it? Yeah. You, you're kind of always facing forward. Like yeah, that. he's always hunched over it. I mean, yeah. he was hunched and doddering when I saw him in 2005, I think it was. Yeah. So obviously... A long time later. I'm surprised he's lasted this long, to be fair. Yeah. But awesome guitarist, so it's a shame that it's kind of had to come to that. I can't remember who's replacing him either. If they've announced No, I've it not seen not. I don't think there's been an announcement. Anyway, Hollywood Vampires have announced a tour of the UK. They've already announced various patches of Europe yeah. that they're going on. That's in July. I will be going to the Birmingham show without you. I know, I didn't even get asked. Sorry, well, you can still come. No, 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 you've made your choice. Anyway, so looking forward to that one because I had tickets for 2020, which rolled into 21 and then they got cancelled and we got refunded and we've had to buy again. So that's that one. Paramore announced an arena tour going to the usual big city arenas across the UK. I think it, is it April or May time next year? That is in April. Yeah. Because I, I called that earlier today. So I've not paid a lot of attention because not really into Paramore. I did hear people kicking off about the whole ticket situation, similar to the Blink one last week, where people were struggling to get them, the prices were going up. So Oh, the price rolling. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that one. On a slightly smaller scale, Black Veil Brides have announced a UK tour, which I think is February time. Not going to go through all the locations they're going to, but I did spot, I think they have got a Nottingham date. Yeah. Probably won't bother with that one because <laughs> we saw them a download, didn't we? And that was yeah. enough. Also, Cassiette has announced her first it's UK and EU headline tour. She oh. did a few headline UK dates in very small venues. Yeah. And September, wasn't it? Because we were away, we couldn't go. Yeah. 
So she's announced that she's got a Nottingham date at rescue rooms, but I think it's a Monday, which is that is going to be fucking so, even. So potentially one to go to, depending on the exact date. I'll need to look it up. And then one I've literally just noticed just before we started recording. Slipknot have announced three dates of Knotfest in Australia for March, which is the first time they've taken the tour over there. And support on that, all the other bands included in that include Parkway Drive, Megadeth, Trivium, Nausalane, Awanamath, In Flames, Not Loose, Spirit Box, Malevolence. Um, so yeah, that's happening in Australia. Take a couple of bands out of that, and that's an incredible lineup for me. That is, yeah. I mean, I've not mentioned some smaller bands that I'm not that familiar with. Um, I don't know whether they're more local Australian based. Yeah, they I'm could. I'm not sure. Could be. Um, but yeah, awesome lineup with three different dates around Australia. The other thing I spotted earlier this week, not exactly tour related, but System of a Down did mention that they've got something that they're going to announce soon, but they can't announce it yet. Please not download. Please not. Yeah, and I can't imagine what else it could be, because if it was just their own tour or their own album, why could they not tell us? It definitely won't be an album, because Serge has already said, well, he's said multiple times he's not interested in recording new music. True. We might have an update on that one next week, and that's me done. Okay. Yeah, so when I was saying uh, please not download as well, uh, just a note on download. So this is, as you're listening to this, this is Monday. If you're listening on release day. If you're listening on release day, that yes. is, yeah. Monday the 31st. Oh, happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I just realised what day this is going out. Uh, yeah, so we recorded our first kind of guest piece together on another podcast, which is Dear Download. So if anybody doesn't know of Dear Download, definitely go listen to that because it's a great podcast. So we spent a couple of hours... It was last night, wasn't it, talking with Adam and Simon? It was, yeah. And all four of us were kind of covering who we thought could be at download and what we think is going to happen. Yeah, and um, we made an awesome festival lineup between us. And if all of that comes off, that will be amazing. Yeah, so it, I think between us, we must have covered kind of around 50 bands, pretty much enough to cover the festival. Yeah. So, yeah, if Andy Coppin's listening, yes. go listen to Dear Download and you know, check that uh, yeah, out. Yeah, give us a job yeah. booking the festival. So that was really good fun. So go and listen to that. That's that, their latest episode, which came out on Sunday. Yeah, go and give them a listen and go give them a follow, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, other news. Slam Dunk have announced 12 new bands. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the, the bigger ones are Flogging Molly, who I'm not a fan of. Go Go Bordello, who I absolutely love. I love them. I regret uh, not seeing them at Leeds when they were there. Yeah. The Hunter, Vakovi, and Static Dress. Addition They're some solid there. additions. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so that Slam Dunk's looking really good this year. Mm, it is. I'm tempted. For the oh, you're tempted time. now. Maybe. <laughs> In other news, actually following on from last week, we were talking about Ivan from Five Finger announcing yeah. his retirement. And we said, how long is it going to be until he changes his mind? It's lasted a week. <laughs> so he's done a full U-turn and he's apologised for his impulsive comments. Is he a secret politician? He, I might as well be. More U-turns than something with a lot of U-turns. The boomerang? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, final piece of news. There is a new supergroup been formed. And they are called Elegant Weapons. And it's Richie and Scott from Judas Priest. It's Rex from Pantera. And it's Ronnie Romero from Rainbow. What a random combo. Well, it is and it isn't. Like, it's not a massive leap from Priest to Rainbow, I don't no, think. No, I think sound-wise it is, but era-wise it's it not. isn't. 
And then Priest Pantera. Um, yeah, Priest, Priest Pantera. Again, he's not a massive leap. No. Kind of same but different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They've got a new album expected out in spring 2023, and that's going to be called Horns for a Halo. It'll be interesting to listen to. Yeah, see which kind of see direction, which direction it goes on. in. Are they taking their own influences and mashing them up or going completely off-piste with it? Yeah, it's going to be really... Well, Rex plays bass in Pantera. Mm. And then, yeah, Richie and Scott from Judas. It's just... It's such a random... I think it's the... And Ronnie from Rainbow, it's just such a random kind of mix, but mm. I can see it working. Yeah, possibly at download. You never know. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> that... Oh, yeah, that's a good chat, actually. Mm. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe like a secret set. Could be. And that's the news. Right, review time now. So we've got one album that we've both listened to. We've got quite a few notes to chat about what we think on that one, which is Ugly Kid Joe. Yep. I've got the As Everything Unfolds single, just to mention. Mm-hmm. And what have you got? I've got the new Search Tanking EP and the new Architects album. Yeah, okay, so... We'll start with Is Everything Unfold single? Yeah. Do that one first. Okie dokes. Have you listened to it? I don't think I have yet. Because I've had that much stuff to listen to, I don't think I've got to it. Okay, yeah, it is really good. It's quite got quite a synthy intro and it's quite almost poppy throughout, a little bit more lighter than some of their other stuff. Oh, right, okay. You know how on their old their other stuff you've got quite a lot of growly shouty yeah. breakdowns mixed in with the melodic synth yeah. pop bits. There's no kind of growly breakdown. A bit like on the inside, that's not too heavy heavy, but it has got a bit of heavy in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. This doesn't really have any heavy heavy in it. But yeah, it's really good. It's really catchy. It's got some great melodic vocals in it. Yeah. And yeah. Do you know if that's so coming from a new album then? Or? I'm assuming so. Okay. And everything's gone purple themed on their oh. kind of social media album. You know how the last album was kind of red-covered? Yeah. And everything was red. This is very purple. Okay. Nice shade of purple. Just as an aside from that. All but, right. Yeah, go and give it a listen if you're not already. I think you'll like it. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, Serge Tankian has got a new EP out. It's called Perplex Cities. It's kind of what you expect and not what you expect. Mm. All in one. So yeah. it's, it's got Serge's usual, uh, you know, warbles on his vocals. Yeah. I'm going to do an impression then, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the guitar seemed quite toned down compared to other EPs that he's done. Okay. It's quite experimental. It's almost Bjork-like in places. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I th- it's it's not an instant EP that grabs you by the balls and shakes you about. It's I think it's going to be one you're going to have to listen to a few times. I think mm. the first time you'll kind of just go, oh, that's different. And mm. I think it's going to take a few listens to really get that album. Uh, sorry, I'll the get that EP right. Yeah. Okay, I've not really listened to much of his solo stuff. I think I listened to the first one that he released. And the video was out a lot, wasn't it? I remember Oh, that was, was. Um, something about walls. Yeah, I can see the video I now. can see the video. It was, it was reconstructing, was it 9-11? Something with, uh, like that. Children's toys and he had a big ringmaster. Yeah, out. I remember the ringmaster thing, but... Yeah, beyond that, I've not really listened to any of his solo stuff. His last EP was really good. Yeah. Uh, but but this seems a slight change in direction. So. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard the new Architects album. Yeah, I got about three songs in today. That's as far as I've got with it. Not what because did, I switched yeah. it off, just because... That's as much time as you time had. as I had at this point. But I liked what I heard so far. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. It's... Um, 
again, these have also changed direction slightly, mm. I think, because there's a lot more electronic stuff going on in yeah. this than I've ever heard in any architect mm. stuff. And it's really heavily layered. I, I think it's a pretty solid album. It's, it's not my favourite architect album, but I think it's a good... Mm. I think if you're going to do something different, this is kind of the right way to do it. And yeah, I, I, from what I've you know, I've listened to it a couple of times, and I quite like it. So it's I'm going to give it a few more listens and see what really sticks for me. Um, have you seen some of the criticism I've been getting for it though? No, I'm in, assuming that's for, is that for the electronics? Well, for the change of direction, like I'm saying, fans in inverted commas have been making comments, which Sam has actually really spoken out about this because you know how um, it was Tom who died in was it 2016? Yeah. His twin brother's obviously still in the band. Yeah, fans have been saying stuff like. Tom would be rolling in his grave if you heard this. You're pissing what? over Tom's legacy. Tom would hate this. What are you doing? And they're actually directing that at the band. Jesus. Like, it's one thing to not like a direction that they've Fuck gone in and just say, I don't like this stuff. But to actually use a member of the band who's passed away in that way. and Yeah, that's, yeah, that's inexcusable. There's, like, there's you no... just can't believe that people yeah. would do that, can you? Yeah, it's fucking disgraceful. Yeah. And on a side note for that, apparently Sam's been getting some shit off people for wearing eyeliner in the latest video. Oh, no. Well, oh, no. Because that's never been done <laughs> it's before. It's never been done before, has it? So... Oh, you'll be telling me next kiss wear makeup. No. <laughs> Shut up. But, yeah, I just can't believe people would stoop so low. Really. Yeah, that... Well, I like the change in direction. I mm. think it's it's something different. Yeah. And they feel it's the way that they want to go. So, fuck them pricks. And, yeah, architects mm. just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And we've said it before when bands change direction, don't we? It's what bands do. They evolve. They change. Yeah, exactly. Right, so on to a band who have not really changed their direction for a good 20 years or so. And the rest. Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. Their latest. It's actually only their fifth album, though. Yeah, they've not done yeah. a huge amount. They had think... a big hiatus, in Yeah, because they? they were so big early on, back in the start of the night, with that song. Yeah. Yeah, you just imagine that in the last 20-odd years, they would have done more, but they haven't. Well, 20, yeah, I mean... Was that 30, 12, that's 30 years. Oh, it's 30? Oh, okay. When, when you said 20, I was like, that's not right. Yeah, 30 oh, years. God, I feel even older now. Yeah, 30 years. Six, album, uh, six years an album. So that's almost tall. I know. <laughs> Let's go for it then. On the whole, I would say I like it. Yeah, Some I do. Some songs more than others. Um, the album's called Rad Wings of Destiny. Yeah. We should probably get that out there first. Yeah, it's got a cool cartoony cover. It's, it's got an ugly similar. kid joke. It's got cover. an ugly kid joke. Yeah. I think I read. I'm sure I read this. That it's produced by the person that produced their first album. Correct. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, did I imagine that? No, you didn't. That, yeah. that is true. Yeah. I I think the opening that ain't living is classic ugly kid joke. It is it's sleazy, heavy, cool solo in the middle. Yeah. Great riffs. It could come straight out of America's Least Wanted. Yeah. That's yeah. Big mm. thumbs up on that one. Absolutely love that. The next one I found a bit weird. I felt it was a bit almost kind of 70s glam rock with a stampy, like, who are the ones that do the Christmas song? Wizard. No, the other ones, Noddy Holder's lot. Slade. Yeah, kind of a bit Sladey, Mark Bolan, E.T. Rexy. Right, my notes are, sounds like Ugly Kid Joe doing T-Rex or glam with drum clapping vocals. Oh, yeah, mine says 70s glam rock stompy. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> so we're agreed on that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a huge fan of that one. It's quite catchy. yeah. But I'm not... It's, a, it's not an amazing one, but it's not awful. Yeah. It's a middle-of-the-road one, I would say. I can listen to it. Yep. Everything's changing. Track three, that's more of a kind of slower, melodic one. Yep. What did you think of it? I really like that. Yeah. It's got 
It's almost got quite a 90s ballad sort of feel to it. Yeah, it did a bit, didn't it? And they it? did do mm. stuff like that on America's Least Wanted with yeah. Busy B. Yes. Which which I think is amazing. Mm. And Mr. Record Man, that was the same as well. Yeah. So it's got that kind of mm. slow build-up. But yeah. I think I really like that one. Yeah. Next one, Kill the Pain. What do you think to that one? Yeah, that one is going back to being heavier again, isn't it? It reminded me of kind of... 90s Bon Jovi kind of kill the faith. Kill yep. the faith. Kill the faith. Kill the I faith. wish somebody had done that to Bon Jovi. Keep the faith. That kind of era of Bon Jovi, that's what the guitars reminded me of, in it. Yeah, so I've got 90s vibe going through it. Yeah. Really good track. Mm. Yeah, I, I do like that one. Hate Bon Jovi, but I do like that. Next one's interesting. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Cover of The Kinks, Lola. Yeah. That's The Kinks, wasn't it? Yeah. It's okay, but I just don't know why it's there. <laughs> It's fucking random. It I've, I've just got random cover. That's all I've wrote for that. That's like, I've got okay cover, but why? Question mark. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not um, particularly imaginative cover, really. It's just a cover, a karaoke yeah. kind of cover, as in they're just singing it as it is. And I also feel the placement's weird. Like, if they were going to just tag that on, it'd almost be like a bonus track at the end. Yeah. It just it stops the flow of the album. It should have been a hidden yeah. track, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, one. Really that's strange. not just me. Next one is Dead Friends Play. Uh, is it? Is it? No. Isn't it? Is it up in the city? And oh, I've got that as number seven. It's where no. we need to check. Yeah. I don't even, I can't even find that song that you're talking about. Really? Yeah. If I made a song up? I think you might have done. Unless I have. Some interlude music while we just look this one up. No, it's there. A difference play. Yeah. Okay, so I've not actually wrote any notes for this. So you can you can cover that one. He's still got two <clears throat> tracks there. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I have a fuck have done so that. got a different version. Friends Play, I've got Catchy. Reminds me of the kind of 70s style, almost a hint of maybe Lynn and Skinner, something like that. Okay. It wasn't one I initially liked. I put, it's growing on me. Yeah. All right. Go back and have a listen to that yeah, one. Yeah, because I've clearly <laughs> missed that one. Uh, next one is Up in the City. Yeah. This is another slower one, was it? Uh, I thought this was a little bit like ACDC or Audio Slave. <laughs> Oh, okay. I've just got slow ditty, right? What does that mean? I don't know. I thought this one was okay, but quite skippable. Yeah, I just thought it was, yeah, skippable. Yeah. Really. As was, I felt the next one. Exactly the same. Drinking and driving, yeah. It's just kind of a country song. I mean, I'm not averse to a bit of country, but it just, again, I don't quite think it fit the overall album for me. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. I think that's how I've managed to get 10 tracks because I've wrote my notes on skippable. Uh, on skippable, on drinking and driving, <laughs> as skippable, and then underneath it says random country song as track eight. So that's what that's what I've right. done. Okay, okay. Failure next. I feel that's like another kind of old school ugly kid Joe. That's one. what really I've like got. That one. Yeah, good classic yeah, ugly classic. kid Joe. Yeah, fully with you on that one. And then the last one, uh, long road. What do you think to that one? I like that one. I do. I think that is a great end track. Yeah, I do as well. I think the start's really great and the end is kind of bookending the rest, which is not all great. Yeah, it's hit it's and miss. Right. Yeah. It's a bit slower again, wasn't it, that one? Almost yeah. quite melodic, almost country-ish, mm. maybe. What I remember, what I wrote, what I thought at the time. I don't remember it sounding quite country-ish, but yeah. the chorus reminds me of... The chorus... Oh, is the one that reminds you of something? Yeah, and I have no fucking idea what it is. I'll listen to it again tomorrow. Yeah. See if I can Assume, think what it is. It's like the way the chorus builds up. Yeah. And it gets to a point, you're like, that is mm. another song. That's what I had last week with the Alter Bridge one, wasn't there? There's something yeah. in there that reminds me of something else, and I've still not thought what it is. But yeah, I think it's... A, you know, it's, I think it's a really good album. Yeah. I think there's maybe three, four songs, a bit skippable. Yeah. So, 
yeah, kind of like maybe seven, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I was thinking seven and a half, really, just based on the couple that are skippable. Exactly, like that yeah. Cover. I would like to see. So, I mean, we keep talking about the show that they've got coming up, and I, I would kind of like to go, but uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe if we listen to this album a little bit more, we might yeah. just do it. What we might also do is, is next week, actually tomorrow in real terms, the new Massive Wagons album is out because they're doing the double headline tour with them, aren't they? Oh, yeah, of course. So we'll be reviewing that next week. I'm yeah, sure. that'll, that'll um, get reviewed. Maybe listening to the two new ones mm. might sway it. Maybe. Let's see. Yeah, that's reviews. And that's Red Wings of yeah. Destiny. Right, it's time for Rock the Week then. This week it will be the 31st of October to the 6th of November. And I've got, I'm keeping you awake there. Meh. For those that couldn't tell, there was a yawn going on then. I've got four bits of stuff. Gone. So first up then, 31st of October 1975, Queen released Bohemian Rhapsody as mm-hmm. a single. Was in the chart for 17 weeks and nine of those were at number one in the UK. And then, then, not on this actual week, but in 1991, after Freddie died, it went back to number one for five weeks. I thought it was a lot longer than five weeks at number one, second time. Don't you think so? Mm. You finished shuffling? Yeah. It also got its highest position in the US charts at number nine on its original release, but then it went to number two in 1992 when it was re-released yet again was that for, for Wayne's, Wayne's World. Yeah. yeah. And it is, you probably knew this already because you know all sorts of nerdy facts, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is the UK's first, ugh, third best selling single of all time. Behind Candle in the Wind. 1997. What? Candle in the Wind, yeah, yeah. 97. Yeah. And... Oh... I don't know what the second one would be. Possibly something by the Beatles. Do you know what? I wrote down in shorthand on my notes. And I can't can't work out what it was. What was it? Original B.A. 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 was in the (laughs) 18th. I can't remember now. Original Badass. Original (laughs) B.A. What was it? B.A. A big single. Band-Aid. It was the original Band-Aid. Original Band-Aid, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's the first one I've got for you. All right. Moving on. 1st of November 2005, Black Sabbath were inducted into the UK Music Hall of Fame. They played Paranoid at the ceremony and Ozzy mooned at the crowd because they thought they weren't rocking enough. Sounds about right. Fair do. Yeah. 3rd of November 2015, I don't know how I didn't know about this. You, again, may know about this. Yeah. But the Foo Fighters played in Cesena, Italy. Yeah. yeah. What is significant about that, you're wondering? Well, the people of Cesena got a 1,000 singers and musicians to play Learn to Fly three months prior to this. The video of it went viral, and they did that because they were trying to entice the band to play there. And it worked. So, so what it later, takes is 1,000 people. So if we can get a 1,000 people into our little town... Yeah. To sing somewhere, maybe <laughs> we'll get a band play here. Maybe. I know we do get your little band, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Did you know about that already? No, I didn't know uh, about that. Okay. Last one is 6th of November, 1970. Okay. I wrote down 15 again for some reason. No, it was 1970. It was definitely 1970. Aerosmith played their first ever gig. It was at 
the I think Nip Muick Nip Muick again I can't read my right ear Nip Muick Regional High School in Mendon, Massachusetts, and it cost around seventy five cents admission. I'd pay that. And the band got paid fifty dollars for doing it. And I think it came about, I think it was Joe Perry's mum worked at a nearby school and knew someone who worked at that school and got it set up for them. Mm. Apparently, even that early on, they've got good potential, so say some people. In 19, well, hindsight's a wonderful mm. thing, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's me done. All right, well, I've got one thing, and it was an album release, uh, well, the album number one in 1999 on the 6th of November. Mm. It was The Science of Things by Bush. It was their last album on Trauma Records, Mm. all of which will become obvious soon. It spent one week at number one in the rock and metal charts, got to number 28 in the UK charts, which is pretty good for Bush because everybody hates them in the UK for some reason, and got to number 11 in the US Billboard 200. The album was actually finished in 98, but was delayed until 1999 after a lawsuit for $40 million from Trauma Records over breach of contract and non-delivery of the album. So it got it got postponed mm, for yeah. over a year. And I think it's got one of the best Bush singles on it, which mm. is The Chemicals Between Us. Yeah, I do like that one myself. I, yeah, I love that. But the album itself, I think, is pretty hit and miss. It's, yeah, to be honest, I do like Bush. But I think most of their albums are not skippable, skippable, but you know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily listen to them all the way through. 16 Stone? I'd listen to 16 Stone all the way yeah. through, every time. Was that, was everything Zen an album? I think it don't was. No. <laughs> I'll have to I'm check. not that overly familiar with the back catalogue, to be honest. And Gwen Stefani actually sings backing vocals on one of the tracks mm. called Space Travel. Okay. She was married to Gavin. She was indeed. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Little tidbit of information for you there about that number one. Yeah. Don't recall Gavin being on any No Doubt albums. I see now. You got me wondering. <laughs> <laughs> maybe on a solo stuff. See, maybe on a solo stuff. I don't know. Okay, rock the week on them. Right, no feature time, and it's a review of the Cradle of Filth gig that we went to last night, which was Friday the twenty eighth of October. So once again, tab's still ringing. Yeah. Ears still, still ringing, sorry. Ears ringing, if you're not from around here. <laughs> still a little bit deaf, uh, but hopefully we can get through it. So, Cradle, we um, they changed the door times last night. They did. So they made it a lot earlier. We got an email on Thursday, didn't we, saying they're going to be at six rather than half six. And as we walked up, looking at the queue, I was thinking, I mean, it's the first I've seen the queue for a long time. Yeah. I thought there's no way we're going to get on the balcony at all. Yeah, it we've just done that impossible. before, though, with that size queue. I remember at Frank Carter, we were queuing kind of up the street, around the corner towards the car park, yeah. and that was fine. The yeah. thing is, I think as well, a lot of people who queue up early at gigs do it because they want to get to the literal front. Yeah, yeah, it's well. very possible. There was also another band on in Beta as well at the same time, which probably explains the merch issue. Yes, the murder she That was a new one in 20-odd years of... Uh, nah, and the rest. <laughs> I'm doing it again, aren't I? Yeah. In many years of going to Rock City. Close, close to 30 yeah. years for me. Same. Yeah, normally, for those who know Rock City, you go in and the merch is in the little cubby hole to the left. A bit more than a cubby hole, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Patch. And it wasn't there. Yeah, the whole thing was just kind of boxed off and yeah. nothing was happening. And then we went upstairs 
intercity, kind of a bit bemused by that. And then as soon as you walk through the door, if you weren't paying attention, you would have missed the merch completely. Yeah. So if you walk through the, the doors once you get to the top through the stairs, the merch was actually to the right-hand side. The huddle of people kind of highlighted where it was, mm-hmm. and it was a really awkward place. Yeah, it was awkward for a couple of reasons. Um, one, obviously, you've got people trying to get through, and mm-hmm. it's kind of right behind the back of the... Um, the sound deck. The sound deck. Yeah, that was the other issue. So it was really squashed in, wasn't yeah. it? So you couldn't even kind of stand back properly and see what and you might what have you wanted. Want. Yeah. And the other problem as well is that obviously people coming up to the top of the stairs, like there's a guy who came up and came up and kind of like stood next to me and then went, oh shit. And then looked behind me and went, is that the, is this all merch queue? I went, yeah. And he's like, oh God. Yeah. And I, I mean, they got one person doing the merch for Cradle. Yeah. And I was stood there a while and the queue just didn't move at all. Mm. It just, it just didn't move, and I thought, I'm not going to yeah. waste getting a good spot. Well, I'd gone up to the balcony, and it was actually emptier than I thought. We managed to get front on rather than to the side. Yeah. But between me getting there and you still being in the queue, more and more people coming up, and I was like, there's only so far I can spread my thumb, you know, so I yeah, so, um, someone's going to need your space anxiety. Yeah, so I just kind of called it quits and went, went up to meet you. The other right. issue as well, just on a bit of a sidetrack here, but relating to merch that I've found these days, and not just last night, but a couple of other gigs, now that you can pay by card, and it's a different kind of card situ, it's a wireless thing, signals are never great in venues, and that causes delays in the merch queue, doesn't it? Like last night, it took a few attempts for yours to process. Yeah, it's about three attempts, because they were trying to connect to the right one. I had the same issue last week at Wargasm. Yeah. And I remember last year at Massive Wagons, we couldn't even get any. Was it Wagons merch to start with? Because their card reader just wasn't working. They were only oh, taking yeah. cash payments. They were only taking... But fortunately, I brought cash with yeah. me as well. But yeah, just as an aside, that is a seems to be a common issue now. Yeah. Unlike the olden days where you had your big clunky card machine that was yeah. plugged in. Anyway. Right, so merch issue aside, we should probably move on to the... First band. Yeah, Narakar from France. I liked Narakar. I thought they got better as they went on, actually. Oh, I think they opened strong for me, personally. I, I think, that, yeah, they opened strong, mm. but I, I felt that the, the performance actually got better mm. as they as they were carrying on. About 30 minutes, I think they did. I think they did about, the, yeah, they five about five minutes late, but they did about half an hour, didn't they? Yeah. And I think, we've not got the set list confirmed from last night yet, but I think probably seven tracks based yeah. on previous, all from the debut album, In Tenebris. Yeah, and they're from, they're a four-piece from France. Yeah. It's kind of like a death stroke thrash sort of sound that they've yeah, got. Yeah, kind of um, death metal stroke, extreme metal, quite dark, yeah. atmospheric. Some bits did remind me of Behemoth. Yeah, I remember you saying that to me last night, and I, in a couple of places I kind of yeah. got that. Particularly the opening track, I remember the drums really sounded behemoth-esque yeah. and some of the vocals on that first track and a couple of times later on as well. I just got hints of behemoth through them in a good way. See, I actually thought this sounded a bit like Kill Switch, but heavier, like a heavy Kill Switch. Yeah, I can see that as well. Uh, but yeah, I thought they were really heavy and the vocals were incredible. They were, yeah. Those were really powerful vocals. Mm. And, and also, the um, one of the guitarists is the Frenchest man I've ever seen in my life. 
<laughs> he really was. Yeah. If, if I didn't know that they were from France, if he had to say to me, where's this guy from? He's, fr- he's French. Yeah, not meaning to stereotype, but he did just look a stereotypical Frenchman, minus the Yeah, way. and it was his movement as well, wasn't it? It was, and the way he thanked the crowd at the yeah. end and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, Narricot, I really like them. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I could see them in the dog teeth at Download or yeah. at Bloodstock. I think they'd fit I think they'd either. do well. I think they'd do really well at Bloodstock, mm, actually. Did, yeah. Maybe in one of the tents. Mm. Yeah, really enjoyed them. Yeah. Then, after Narakar, we've got Alcest. Yeah. What was quite funny, actually, was, because we said Narakar were five minutes behind on schedule, because we got the set times in advance. Yeah. And you were like, oh, there's no way Alcest are now going to be on at quarter past. They came on five minutes early, without expecting. The lights just went off. Yeah, that was... That's a really quick... It was only really like a ten-minute changeover. changeover. Yeah. Very quick change. I mean, there wasn't a lot to change, I guess, really. I suppose not, no. It was just cables and amps, wasn't it? Pretty much, but yeah. Uh, Yeah. Alcest, again, from France as well. Yeah. So they started as a trio, I think, and then dropped down to one. Mm. And now they're a duo. But they have four on stage. But they have four... Two touring musicians. Yeah, Yeah, so two touring musicians with them. Um, Um. Go on. Like I said, that I think was, for that size venue, the longest support slot I've ever known a band to play. They were on for 55 minutes. Yeah, it was a hell of a support slot. But only seven tracks because they're long track people. Yeah, they're kind of like Opeth in their track length. It was, um, I've got the same thing. Some of the songs can be like 10 minutes long. Yeah, their opener was 10 minutes. Yeah. But I don't think you ever feel it. No. I don't think it feels a 10-minute song. You know I'm not a fan of a long song. I know, yeah. Anything longer than five minutes. Yeah, you lose I'm just, you, you lose attention, the patience. The attention's gone. But, yeah, it doesn't feel it because there's a lot of changes of pace and tone throughout as well. Yeah. But it all blends together and I yeah. kind of class it as sleepy, kind of. You could just zone out to it. Yeah, I suppose you can a little, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's kind of like orchestral ethereal sounds that they create yeah. you know as far as support bands go that is probably the best support band i've ever seen there really yeah i thought they were fucking incredible there's an episode support best bands. support bands yeah i wouldn't class them as the best because there's a lot to go on that, i think for a, rock, for a rock city venue yeah. for a um, rock city venue yeah. definitely and i think they fit in well with the lineup as well you know sometimes you get completely random support yeah they all fitted well together throughout well, I, all I the kind of it, same kind of Ambience. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a bit of a strange one having them just before Cradle, but actually it did it did work. Yeah, because he kind of started really heavy with Narakar, yeah, and then you kind of chilled for a bit watching them in a weird kind of way, and then boom in the Cradle again. So it kind of a lull in the middle. Yeah, but a good lull. Yeah, and yeah, you just become kind of like transfixed with the music. Yeah, it's. I think well, one of their um, classification, the style is described as shoegaze. Shoegaze, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me chuckle. But, yeah, you can see it from there, can't you? You can just yeah. you can see loads of people just nodding really slowly, looking downwards to it and swaying. <laughs> I really want to watch these again. I think these would do well at download too. Yeah. Um, they've got a gap for download, so hopefully. Mm, yeah, I think they need to be in a tent, though, to get the full experience. Yeah. Yeah, dog tooth for those. Yeah. Would work um, either night or, you know, um, in a tent yeah. would work better. Definitely, but, yeah, really good. One random point aside as well, venue related to this. I said this to you on the way home, didn't I? That you got to love Rock City and their temperature control. The, oh, yeah. yeah. So we're partway through Alcest. It wasn't, I was probably about half full at that point. Um, it wasn't particularly hot or anything. Most people, like I said, were gazing mm-hmm. away. And they slap the aircon on, don't they? So it's quite cold. <laughs> yeah. And we've been to sold out shows, oversold out shows, 
halfway through the main act. And the air con's not even on. the air con's not even on. And you're just sweating from every orifice available. Yeah. And then just, yeah, it was just amusing. But we did say maybe it was like a directive from Danny Filth. He wanted a nice icy cold atmosphere. I I would expect, I think that's probably where it came from. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. So, as we've just mentioned, Mr. Filth. Yeah. Let's move on to the... The main event. Main event. So we've seen Cradle many times before, haven't we? Yeah, quite a few. I can't actually seen them outdoors, indoors, indoors, festivals, yeah, small shows, big shows, big shows, yeah. yeah. And I'd probably say this was the best time I've ever seen Cradle. Yeah, I would agree with that. Something I did say to you as well, probably on the way home, that sometimes you know when a band's been around a long time, yeah. So obviously the singers got older and. Voices do deteriorate with age. It's just a fact, yeah. isn't it? It's always a worry that they won't be what you remember. What you them remember from back in the day. To be, yeah. But that was definitely not the case. No, I don't know how he still does it because his yeah. voice is fucking incredible. Yeah, every high note, squawk, whatever the you know, squeals, squawks. Yeah, <laughs> you know the sound. And yeah, so I suppose from the beginning, the the stage setup. I thought it was amazing. It was. What was quite funny and quite fitting as well, as we walked into Rock City, they'd got their Halloween all-nighter party that night, so it was obviously all decorated up for Halloween anyway. Yeah. And we got in there, and some of Cradle stage was in place, because obviously it has to be. So they got the two big skeletons either side. Yeah. Glowing, which it all just fitted in really well, didn't it? Yeah, and they got the kind of like wicker sort of fencing and Mm. trees going everywhere. Yeah. And the one thing I did think was strange is that the drummer was behind some kind of big perspex shield. I noticed that as well. And I don't know um, why. I don't know whether that was to stop maybe the set touching the drum kits or... I don't know. Maybe it's just their preference as a drummer. They want to be... Insulated. Insulated and, for some reason. Or so, maybe yeah. to maybe to kind of isolate some of the sound. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, because I thought almost was something going to happen on the Perspex. Was it going to light up or do something cool? But it, it I was expecting just... something to hit the Perspex. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't hit the drum kit or... You know, like a fake blood kind of thing yeah, going on. I thought it might have been yeah. some kind of prop almost. But no, it was just a random encompassing kind of perspective sheeting. You know what? Actually, you say, <laughs> interestingly, if you think when they came off before their encore, yeah. the drummer went to a different side. Yeah. Which is unusual. So, yeah, mm. I don't know. The, the, I'm sure there's a good yeah. reason behind that. Yeah. Anyway, and on the stage chat, set as well, I don't know how they did it, but they made the stage look fucking huge. I know. It looked massive. Like we've, I've seen three-piece bands on there, four-piece bands, and the stage looks tiny. Yeah. But I think they moved some of the flooring around mm. because it looks like they moved the flooring. So if you imagine a, a flat stage, yeah. I think what they did was they obviously raised the keyboards and the drums that were at yeah. the back in either corner. So if they went up, which mm. kind of gives a different perspective well, anyway. I was going to say that would... Be part of it, I think. There was also a raised bit at the front where mm. Danny spent most of his time. Mm. So that, again, alters the perspective. Mm. So then you're almost left with a T-shape yeah. in the stage where the other three guitarists were. But it, the stage just looked massive. It, it did look like a big stage. It did, but on the other hand as well, a lot of bands will fill the stage with their amps and they didn't do that. They literally just used the whole floor space for the band. That's true, yeah. So whereas normally you'd have your drum in the middle and your amps built up either side almost as a wall, don't you? So yeah. it narrows down the front bit that you've got for your, your front line of band members. Yeah. So that could be it. Yeah, like I was saying, it's pro- it is probably the best performance I've seen Cradle do. And despite it being the second to last show, I was surprised how much energy there was. Yeah, Danny was bouncing all over the shop. Well, they all were, really. But yeah, with his little yeah. weird kind of robotic 
dance yeah, that he does. Yeah, and I was actually quite surprised on kind of like track wise. If you just want to talk about tracks, I was yeah. quite surprised to hear Nymphetamine so early on. I was as well. It was about halfway through, wasn't it? Yeah, that mm. caught me off guard. I was expecting that to be as part of the encore. I thought that, but we knew that they would finish with what they finished with. Yeah. So I guess they probably chucked that one in. To kind of keep the energy levels. keep the energy levels up as one that's a really big one. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think, looking on the set list, because we have got that for last night, I think there were four tracks from the new album, and then a really good mix of the whole catalogue, with kind of one from each album, really, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so it was a really good mix, almost like a... A best of, but focusing on the new stuff. Yeah, which I think, I think, which is what you've got to do on those kind of shows. Yeah, definitely, especially when you've got such a big back catalogue. But you do want to still promote your new stuff. Yeah, unsurprisingly, it was only like venue-wise, it was only about three quarters full. Yeah, I mean, we knew it wasn't labelled as sold out, but yeah, it was just nicely full. I think, especially on the balcony, there was only really the people on the balcony, not many people behind looking over you. Yeah, and you could see floor space. There was a lot of floor space. The bar areas. Yeah. Like the centre was obviously full. Some very vicious pits going on. There was some vicious pits, yeah. Yeah, yeah people were flying. I've not noticed people fly that much for a long time. Yeah, it, I mean, they were really vicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the age mix was interesting as well. Yeah. Um, normally, I mean, for, for a band like Cradle, they are, I suppose they do have kind of a, an appeal throughout different generations. Mm. But yeah, I mean, there were people a lot older than us there. Oh, yeah. Hell of a lot old. But when you think how long they've been going for as well, there'll be people potentially our age getting into them when they first came out. Yeah, which would have been 90-ish. Well, Infetamine was about 93, wasn't it? I can't remember, to be Uh, honest. I've got a feeling it was. It's a really early one, Infetamine. Anyway, so it was a really interesting mix. And like with the vicious pits and everything, and the crowd surfing, it wasn't just the usual kind of... You know, early 20s kind of mm. crowd doing that. It was people older than us, yeah. you know, and right down to people in the, like, 20s. So, like, the crowd was really interesting mix. Yeah. Going back to the set list. Going back to the set list. Yeah, I think, like I've already said, it was a really good mix, wasn't it? Of kind of faster ones, new ones, older ones. It was a polished, it was mm. a polished list, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. I think they did around nine songs initially and then went off. They actually had four tracks on the encore, which is oh, I feel is unusual. I- yeah, they did. Because they came back, they went into Desiring Violent Overture. Yeah. And then you said, I bet the last one's next, and it wasn't. And then they did another new one. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And then they finished. And then they finished on Her Ghost in the Fog. Yeah, obviously. obviously. But yeah, most bands do two or three tracks, don't they, for the encore? Almost like kind of just a mid-set break rather than encore. Yeah. I think they're playing, as we record this, they're playing their last show... At the Indigo in the O2. Yeah, which I think is tonight, like a big Halloween. Yeah. Spectacular. Which, oh, it's annoying because I would have loved to have mm. done that. Yeah. They, that sounds a lot of fun. But like I say, the, the Cradle set, though, uh, the whole performance is the best that I've seen them ever do. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, yeah, I I hope they can continue to do mm. it. Um, we've not actually mentioned as well, we've got Pyro and Glitter. Oh, yes, I forgot. Love a bit of pyro, and there's quite a few songs where it went off. Yeah. So, Obviously, basic level as an indoor venue, but. Yeah, so the glitter cool. cannons they had going off. Yeah. I've seen, you know, we've seen loads of times. Yeah. But the pyro, I don't recall seeing pyro at Rock City before. I was trying to think as well. I mean, the, when we say pyro, it's more of a sparkler. sparkler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the flames were, the, the sparks yeah. were high. Cradle could have had it before when we've seen them there. I don't remember. 
back yeah, in the days I'd... before you really took your cameras and you didn't have phone cameras. No. And I, well, I was sober last night as well, so which is the first time I've ever seen Cradle sober. I think it was for me as well, to be honest. Yeah, I'll have to ponder on that. Uh, yeah, I just I really can't think of anybody who's done it. Um, we also need to give a shout out to Danny's crowd interaction and his loving to pronounce Nottingham as Nottingham. Yeah, he loved doing that, didn't he? Nottingham. Yeah. You're from the north, well, you're not really from the north. You're from the Midlands, but you're yeah. pretty northern. You're as north as we're going on this tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm awesome. I'm really pleased I finally got to get out and do another gig and yeah this was a this was a great comeback to watch so yeah uh, we'll be posting some pics and some videos at some point over the next week as well yep finally then it's our recommendation of the week and this week we have Frog Lord yeah. We saw Frog Lord at Mangata in this earlier year. this year. Yeah, this year. They opened yeah. the main, main stage. stage on the Saturday. Yeah. And they're a kind of sort of a stoner doom metal band Yeah, from Bristol. We were really impressed with the performance. They were just a great opening band to, to just get the weekend started, weren't they? Yeah, they're just really fun live. They've got... It sounds weird being all frog themed, but it really works in a fun yeah. way. Yeah, lots of capes, lots of frog masks. Yeah, it, it, sounds, it does sound strange, but it does work. Yeah, trust us. And all of their songs are about kind of like frogs, toads, amphibians. We really like them. And I'm sure that a lot of other people will too. Yeah. They've got a couple of albums out already. Amphibian Ascending was out in 2020. Yeah. And then they followed that up with The Mystic Toad in 2021. They just released their latest single, The Army of Frogs. And an album of the same name is out on the 4th of November. Yeah, look forward to that coming out. I'm going to give that a listen on that. We'll probably review that, actually. Probably will, actually, Probably make yeah. a note of that and review it. Yeah. As far as we could see, they've only got one upcoming gig, which is on November the 6th at the Crown in Bristol, which they're headlining with a couple of support bands, but that is a free show. So highly recommend going along to that and checking them out if you're in the area. Obviously, keep an eye on them on the social media for any other dates that are coming up in the future. So, yeah, that's the Ready to Motor recommendation this week. Yep, go join the Frog Army. So that's the end of episode 27. Hopefully the curse of 27 will not hit us and we'll be back next week for episode 28. (laughs) In the meantime, thank you as always for listening. We really appreciate it. Do go give us a follow on social media if you're not already. So we're on Instagram and Twitter at ReadyToMoshCast and YouTube as ReadyToMosh. We've also taken a very slow dip into the world of TikTok. A little dabble. <laughs> Not a lot going on there at the moment, but if you do want to look us up on there, that's ready to mosh as well. And as we mentioned at the start of the episode, we are also on the Dear Download episode this week. So go and check Dear Download out if you haven't already. Give them a like, share, follow, listen too. Make it stop, Moog. <laughs>